And this morning, we're going to talk about uh, superpowers, uh, so to speak. I'll explain that in a minute. But, uh, you know, I think that I just wonder if, if someone came to you and said, you can have any superpower that you want, what would it be? You know, a lot of us would maybe pick strength or speed or flight. Uh, if you're a woman, the ability to control men. Um, if you're a man, the ability to teleport away from women. You know, stuff like that, right? If you get creative, mind reading, invisibility. Um, you know, but, but really what we're talking about this morning is spiritual gifts, And spiritual gifts is something that we don't talk a ton about here at Alpine Church, but we're going to today. And so if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open them up to 1 Corinthians 12. That's in the New Testament. And in this this chapter, Paul is talking all about spiritual gifts. And we're actually going to take the next two weeks to talk through spiritual gifts. Today we're we're really going to lay a foundation for what spiritual gifts are and their purpose in our lives. And here's a definition of a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift is a God-given ability or God-enhanced ability you receive to serve Him and His people. So this is something that's, that's from God for the benefit of His glory, furthering His kingdom, and, and helping those around us. And so this morning, um, we're going to look at how this fits into our lives as a Christian. You saw this image last week. This is how we define a pursuit of God. A pursuit of God starts by trusting Jesus. That's, that's the foundation. That's, that's why we're here this morning. That's why we're here worshiping. That's why we sing these songs, to bring glory to the name of Jesus, because Jesus went to the cross for us. He paid for our sin. He, he made it so that we didn't have to do anything. It's totally by his grace that we're saved, not by our own works. And so Jesus is the foundation. But once we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we live to honor God. That's the next arrow you see there. And living to honor God, if it doesn't start with Jesus, it's just legalism. It's just being a good person so that you can earn and you can do and you can prove. But, but Jesus is the foundation. Honoring God is obedience. And one of the best, one of the ways that we can have the, even the ability to honor God is through the Holy Spirit. So when we profess trust in Jesus, God says that we're saved And then we gain the Holy Spirit in our lives, and the Holy Spirit leads us in how to honor God. And the Holy Spirit is the originator of these gifts. And then you can see helping people, we call this a full circle pursuit, because really, it's not just about being great and using your spiritual gifts. It's ultimately about helping people pursue God, helping them to trust in Jesus. This is the cycle that we want to have in our lives as Christians. And so it's important for us to understand, if, you're, if you've professed faith in Jesus, what your spiritual gift is. And so that's a question. What is your gift? What is your gift this morning? And so we're going to look at this um, in 1 Corinthians 12, as I mentioned. And uh, so if you, yeah, open your Bibles to there. The first thing that we need to understand about spiritual gifts is that God has given you a unique gift. God has given you a unique gift gift. You know, I, I'm not a very good gift giver. Um, about as creative and unique as I get as I go to the kiosk at Smith's and I think, would this person like this gift card to this place? You know, and then I pick up seven or eight gift cards. I love gift cards. I think it's like a blank canvas that you can go. I'm giving you an experience. You get to go out and buy something and pick it out and you're not going to get something you don't like. But really, 
I'm just lazy. That's why I do that. I don't, I don't, I don't like to put a lot of thought and care into gift giving. Um, but, but there was one time I was given just this incredible gift. I, I had a friend when I graduated with my master's. I had a friend who gave me a boat. It was like a replica boat made out of wood. It was like one thirty seconds the size of, of the real thing. And he gives it to me, and he not only gives me the boat, but he's like describing the features on the boat, and he's saying all the little intricate details about the boat. And then not only is he doing that, but then he's like, you know, this reminds me of you because this is strong, and you're strong. And, like, and I'm just sitting there like, this is seriously the nicest gift I've ever been given. And I couldn't care less about boats. But it was like, it was so personal. It was so nice. It was so unique. And that's exactly how God is with us when he gives Gives us these gifts. This is the first passage, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6. It says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service. Different can be unique, right? But we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So God gives you this gift. God knows you. He knew you before you were even created, before the foundations of the world. He knew you, and he chose you, and he knew what your personality quirks were going to be. He knew what your strengths were going to be. He knew what your weaknesses were going to be. And so he gives these gifts very intentionally. It's not like, oh, every other person gets this, or every fourth person gets this gift. He gives these gifts very intentionally based on uh, who we are and what the trajectory we're going in life. And God knows better than even we do that direction. Sometimes these gifts can be old talents. Like sometimes God, from, from when you were born to when you put your faith in Christ, he was just cultivating something in you. And then when you come to Jesus, you can use this gift for his glory. So I've met people who were elementary school teachers who once they come to Jesus, they realize God has been preparing me to work with kids, to bless kids within the context of the church all along. I met people who have played instruments and been musicians and, and for their whole lives, and they come to Jesus and they realize, oh, I can use this gift to further God's kingdom. God has been working this in my life for, for all these years, and now I realize the true purpose of it. Sometimes these gifts are new abilities. Sometimes, you know, you're the introvert who sits in your cubicle at work all day and don't want to talk to anyone or say anything to anyone, no eye contact. And then you come to Jesus and God puts this uh, desire in you to be hospitable, to, to invite people over, to meet people, to mentor people. It's, it's like, what just happened? I'm an introvert. I can't do that. But God has called you to do something that maybe is outside of your comfort zone. But the Spirit, God, as this verse says, He's the originator, He's the giver, and He's the empowerer of all of these gifts. They're old and new abilities. The other thing about gifts is I believe that gifts can be grown. They can, so, so hopefully, you know, if you're given a gift, when you, if you find your gift early on in your walk with Jesus, hopefully 20 years from that point, you're going to be a little bit more uh, uh, proficient and, and, and you can operate better and more comfortably in that gift. You know, I think, I think of like if you're a musician, when you start, you want to continually get better. And the thing we need to understand is that, that God has given us these gifts to steward, to steward well. That means use them well, grow them. Um, we don't just sit on the sidelines and not utilize these gifts that he's given us. And then we also need to understand that gifts are, are not a sign of maturity. 
Gifts are not a sign of maturity or status. Or We're going to talk about that next week. I have to restrain myself to not talk about this too much. But basically what Paul's going to say is that, that no gift, every, every gift has a purpose. Every gift is important. No gift is, is necessarily above another gifting. And so all of these gifts work together in tandem. We're going to see that in the later passage. But, but basically what we need to know is that if you have a gift, it doesn't mean that you're better than someone else. It doesn't mean that you're, God loves you any more than that other person. He just chose to give you that gift. 1 Corinthians 13, the very next chapter, is going to go on and talk about uh, love. It's the one that everyone has read at their wedding, right? The love is patient, love is kind, love is, you know, all that stuff. That is in the context of these gifts that Paul is talking about. He's saying, if you're not using these gifts in love, then he says it's nothing but clanging cymbals. It's nothing but fleeting. It it, it stops right there. It doesn't really go any further than that. And so everything should be done through love and humility, which really leads us to our next thing that we need to know about gifts. And it's this, is that this gift is given to you to pass on to other people. This gift is given to you to help other people around you. And so, you know, we see um, all around in the church, we're helping each other. If you have a truck and you're a Christian, your spiritual gift is to help people move on Saturday mornings. I mean, that, that God gave you that gift. That's, that's yours to use, right? You're going to get a call. You with trucks know that that's true. Um, that's why I purposefully don't have a truck, <laughs> even though everyone calls me anyway to help. But but these gifts are, are not, are not, their primary purpose is not self-seeking. Like it's not, it's not for our own benefit. It's for the benefit of others. In fact, look, Paul says this in the next chapter, in the next verse. He says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. You know, th- this is, um, again, the context of the, Paul is writing this to a church, He's writing this to a church. Our gifts have, have outreaching um, beyond the walls of the church and the people, but, but primarily these gifts are used to build up the church and to help other people. And so I think that when you understand your gift, when you know what your gift is, it kind of changes your perspective when you come to church. One of my favorite videos, um, is, it's called Me Church. You should look it up on YouTube. It's pretty funny. It's, it's a little older now, but it's basically like, you know, church is all about me. It's all about what I need. It's all about what I want. It's all, you know, the song was too loud. I didn't like that song. It, you know, this, that, and the other. And it, it's just, we have this focus immediately when I walk in, me, 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 me. But what Paul's saying is that, that this spiritual gift is going to change your perspective Church, yes, is a place to come to fellowship, to build relationships, uh, to get to know people better, to, to experience more of who God is. But if, that's, but if that's all there is, if we're not using our gifts in the context of the church to serve, then we're missing out on so much. You know, when you, when you come to church... Um, and so many of you do this. I, I don't mean for this to be guilty or anything like that. It's not a guilt trip. But so many of you come and you serve faithfully and you serve in your giftedness. And, and I'm sure you could ask any person serving who's involved how much joy and satisfaction that brings. And that, we're, we're going to talk about that next. But, you know, when you know you're gifting, 
That, that doesn't mean that like you're in the, this exclusive club where that's all you do. So for instance, when I first uh, started really seriously serving, uh, I did music and I did worship at the Riverdale campus. This was even before the West Haven campus. And I was in college, I was going through, I didn't really have that many responsibilities in my life. And I was serving on the worship team leading and enjoying that and growing in that. And I kept hearing week after week, hey, we need, we need some servants in kids' church. Our, our kids' church is really struggling. We, we really need some servants in kids' church. So I was like, you know what? I'll just jump in. I'll fill that need. Like, I, I'm not particularly good with kids, but, you know, I'll see how it goes. I'll jump in, get involved. Um, I'll tell you, it was like one of the most, the best things that ever happened to me because I was outside of my comfort zone. I mean, I have a child, but with every other kid, I'm just awkward and weird, um, but, but I learned so much about what it really meant to serve, what it really meant to just fill that need. My church needed that. I knew that. And so I was like, okay, you know, on my off weeks, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to get involved in that ministry. And it all went well. Um, I, uh, the best, I th- I'm pretty sure what got me fired from that was... Um, we had these like little Dixie cups that we gave the water that are way too small. And I've got this full pitcher of water and the kids were supposed to hold it while they were sitting down and I'd pour the water in the cup and I got distracted like with the first kid and looked away and I poured the whole pitcher of water like into his lap and he was just sitting there shaking like scared and I felt so bad. It was super sad. But so it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily my primary gifting but that was a place where I, I felt like I could get involved and help out and meet a need. And I hope that, that we're people like that. You know, look at the life of Jesus. Jesus, I believe, well, Jesus was fully God. That's, that's what the Bible says. Jesus was fully divine. Um, he laid aside some of his divine attributes, but he was still fully in line with God, with God's purposes, perfectly led by the Spirit, and, and was so gifted in so many areas. He had discernment, he had, he had knowledge, he could heal, he could do miracles, he did all these things. But he also washed the disciples' feet. Jesus wasn't afraid, even though he was Jesus, I mean, he was literally the best leader ever, the only perfect person ever. He humbled himself and he washed the disciples' feet. And some of the disciples didn't want him to, to do that because they're like, no, like you're not going to wash my feet. I'm going to wash your feet. And Jesus said, no, if you want to be a leader, you have to be a servant. If you want to be first, you have to be last. And so this this corporate model of leadership that we see is just, you know, top down. But Jesus totally turned that upside down and he said, no, leadership is bottom up. The leader should be the one who's coming down and, and, and washing the feet of the people. Metaphorically, obviously, now, I'm not going to wash your feet, don't worry. But really, the heart behind that is that Jesus was going to serve. He was going to put others above even himself. And if that's not enough, he, he went to the cross. He humbled himself enough to die for you on the cross. This is the person we're following. This is the person we're modeling our lives after. I hope that more and more every day through the power of the Spirit, you're reading God's Word, you're trying to be more like Jesus. If we were all like Jesus, that'd be, incre- I mean, that'd be incredible. We'd still be imperfect, 
but hopefully our lives were striving to know more and more about Jesus and follow him more closely by following his example. So spiritual gifts, they're, using, they're, they're given to, to help each other. The last thing is this. Joy comes through knowing and using your gift. This is because God is so good, right? Because our gifts are not for us, but when we use them, when we know them, when we apply them, that brings us joy, joy from the Lord. You know, ha- have you ever been in a job or maybe in a, like a class or something that you just did not feel like you were well equipped for? It was just kind of like, you know, you're, you're going through the motions, you have to work, you have to be a part of this for, you know, some reason or other, make money, you know, have, whatever. Again, going back to my analogy with I'm not great with kids, um, I worked uh, the last year of my undergrad doing music, and I taught orchestra in, in elementary schools around Ogden, and I just remember going in there every day, and there were some joys to it, but like I just remember this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> this is not my gifting, because I would, number one, I would see other people and how good they were at it and how much they excelled at it. And then me, I'm like focusing on how nasty the kids are and they got syrup on their fingers and they're playing their instruments. And I'm like, wash your hands. Like, it should be common sense. Don't have a lot of patience. But there's people, there's people who, who stay in that. They stay where they don't feel like they're gifted or equipped. And I believe that we should look for where we're gifted so that we can utilize that gift. The picture that Paul paints as we're going to finish up uh, the last three verses today is, is a, a church where peop, the people are empowered by the Spirit and they're utilizing their gifts. This is what Paul says. He says, To one person the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To, the same, to, to another the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, that's in another translation's tongues, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So this picture is of of one of the first churches, one of the first Christian churches over 2,000 years ago of everyone using their gifts, of of being involved, of of letting God use them. And some of these might seem weird. Some of these are pretty supernatural. I personally believe that um, in certain contexts within uh, Christianity, these gifts still exist. They're still given. But what we need to understand about that is like if you read that and you're like, well, I don't have any of those gifts. So I'm not gifted, I guess. That, that's not the point of this. This, is, this isn't an exhaustive list of all the gifts, and if you don't have one of these, you're not gifted. This is just an example of what was going on in the church. You know, so t- today, here at the campus, um, you, some of you may have the gift of kids, of working with kids, uh, of being that smiling face and being patient and being energetic with the kids. Some of you may have the gift of music, you play on the worship team. 
Some of you may have the gift of hospitality. Maybe you stand at the door and greet people or stand and and usher people. Maybe you have the gift of uh, care and compassion. You're on the prayer team. You're, You're involved in that capacity using your gift. The, the gift that God gave you. You know, there's so many, so many gifts out there. And the point is, is that, that it, they're unique. They're not accidental. And God gave them to us to serve others. And we're going to receive joy through uh, utilizing those gifts. So what if you're sitting there and you're like, well, this is all good. But maybe you haven't really thought about the area that God has gifted you. The Holy Spirit has gifted you. You know, this isn't something that I think a lot of us think about day to day. And so I think we need to take an inventory this morning. And we'll do something in just a second to help you a little bit more. But, but I think there's really, there's five things that we can do um, to find out our spiritual gift. If you don't know, or even just confirm your spiritual gift. Because you may have been serving for years and there's just something you feel like there's something else that God has gifted you with. But you haven't found that yet. And so... These five things, I believe, all rooted in Scripture. Um, how do you find your gifts? Well, the first thing is the Bible school, Sunday school answer, pray, right? We should pray, God, what, what have you given me? What is my gifting? Show me what that gifting is. Maybe we've never prayed that prayer. Maybe we've been afraid to pray that prayer because that means that we're going to have to take some action, right? It's not going to be convenient, that's the first thing. We should all, as Christians, desire to know the areas that we're gifted in. The second thing, what do you enjoy doing? Like, what, what gives you joy that, that glorifies God and that helps others? You can look at your life, your hobbies. I just had a, a, a coffee with a friend yesterday, and he was saying, you know, I love to fix cars. That, that gives me joy when I fix cars and I can help people. That could definitely be a way something you enjoy doing that could bless people, that could glorify God. What are you good at? You know, what, what are the things that just come naturally to you, that you excel in, that, that you don't really have to think about, but you just go do it, and you, you're very proficient, and you look around you, and you're like, I'm a lot better at, at this thing than other people are. Not in a prideful way, but just like being realistic, right? What are you good at? This one was, was key for me. What do others affirm in you? What do other people say, you know what, like you are such a great encourager. Every time I see you, you're just always like giving me a hug and, and saying it's great to see you and asking me how I'm doing. You know, what do other people say in you? And it's not, you need to ask the right people. You know, don't, don't make it like an American Idol and your mom type thing where your mom, yo, you're the best singer in the world. You know, you should go try out for that show and then you go get embarrassed, Right? Ask multiple people, not just one person, what do you think that I'm good at? What, what do you think that I can use to, uh, for this purpose? And then take a risk. Take a risk. I, I think we live in a society where we're just so seeking after comfort that we don't take risks. We're afraid to. We're afraid of what might happen. I can't say this 100%, but I don't think you're going to die if you try to serve on a clean team or in kids' church or in the usher ministry or greeter or worship. Like, I don't think that that's going to happen. And I put this in parentheses because, like, 
really a risk. Like that's not, it's not really a risk, but maybe it feels like a risk for us. Maybe this is going to be a jump. This is going to be something that we're going to have to push ourselves to do that doesn't come natural to us. But you know, the, the blessing of, of taking a risk is that maybe you find it, maybe you find that thing, but maybe you eliminate something that, no, you know, that wasn't my gifting. I gave it a fair shot. Not just like you show up once and do it and then, oh, I didn't like that, so I'm not going to do it anymore. That's not what I'm saying. Give it a fair shot, but take a risk. I, I want to end this morning. We're going to end the service a little bit different this morning, but I want to end just by asking um, a question, and this is between you and God, but are you going to allow God to use you in great and powerful ways? Are you going to allow God to, to, to use that gifting that he's given you and take a step out in faith, take a risk, and start to try serving, getting involved, making a difference, you know, the Super Bowl <clears throat> was last week, and I just thought of this analogy, you know, like we have, with every team, you have an owner, you have a coach, you have the players, and then you have the fans. The owner, we're going to kind of apply it to the church, the owner of the church is God. God is the final authority. Everyone on staff at Alpine Church is accountable to God through his word, through his leading, through his spirit. We submit to God in everything that we do. He is the final authority. It's not about one person. It's, it's about following God to the best of our abilities and our wisdom and our insights as a team, and we do that. So God is the owner. Then you have the coaches. Ephesians 4 says that, that a gift that God gave to the church was the pastors, the leaders. So you're welcome that I'm here, right? No, I'm just kidding. But God, Paul says God gave these people to the church to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That is the role of a pastor. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you've always thought, well, the pastor just does everything, right? He, he, he does everything. He takes care of everything so that I can just come and sit and be comfortable. That's not biblical. And real quick, that'll lead to me leaving, not I'm just being honest. I, I will get burned out. If that's the expectation that's put on me, I cannot do that. Things will suffer. I, I'm not a very organized person. I need people around me with their giftings to help me in that. But I'm the coach. I, I'm here to, to, here to make sure that you have everything that you need to be successful, right? To create systems where you can utilize these gifts that you've been given, and then you have the players, right? You're the players. You're the saints, as Ephesians 4 would say. Those who have put their trust and their faith in Jesus, you're the ones out doing the ministry through your giftings, through your abilities. You know, there, there's a, a rule, uh, the 80-20 rule I heard in, in a John Maxwell leadership book, and he just basically says 80% of the work gets done by 20% of the people. I think we're a little bit higher than that here at Alpine West Haven. But still, uh, you know, I want to flip that. I wish 80% of the people were involved doing 100% of the work. 
I mean, imagine, like, it's a great problem to have when you have people who are getting involved and willing to use their gifts and talents to have more than you need. Then that's when you expand. That's when you grow. That's when more people come to know Jesus and who Jesus is and what he's done for them. That's the reason why we're here this morning, is to know Jesus, is to come to trust him more and better and pattern our lives after his. More and more people can do that when we're utilizing our gifts. And then there's the fans. That's the last um, analogy. You know the fans, they show up every week or watch on TV. They're, they're rooting for the team, but they don't, have, they don't have any influence. They're not really involved in anything. One of my pet peeves is when people say, uh, you know, we really, you know, if I'm a Seahawks fan, ah, we lost it today. I didn't do anything. Like, I sat there and watched a game and ate Doritos, right? I, di- I didn't have any influence over the outcome of that game. But, but like, I- I'm a fan. I- I'm going to root them on. I'm going to be there every week. But maybe, maybe that's been you. Maybe you've come and you've sat and you've been a fan. You've been, a, a, you know, encouraged by what's going on here at Alpine Church. And while, while the fans may not be able to jump on the field in the NFL... What I'm saying is that you can get involved. You can become a player. You can become an influencer, a participant in what we're doing here. So, so we're going to end this morning. It, you may have been given a, just a paper when you were walked in, a, just a join the team paper. I'm not saying, you know, go and sign up now or something bad's going to happen. That's not what I'm saying. I think that maybe we've done that or maybe communicated like that in the past, but what I am saying is I really want you to internalize and think through your giftedness. You know, you can take the next couple weeks to do that. And we're going to have a table in the lobby with with all of our ministries that you have on that paper as well. Um, But I encourage you, be prayerfully asking God, how do you want to use me? How do you want to use me in the church? And maybe you can't make it every Sunday. That, that's, that's fine. You can serve even outside the walls, serve the church, build the church outside the walls. It doesn't have to be here on Sunday morning. But you, if you put your faith in Jesus, have been gifted to serve, to get involved, to get in the game, to be an influencer, to be a participant. And so if you, if you have a smartphone, we're going to try something this morning. We'll see how it goes. Um, if I can advance my slide. So pull out your phone. You can do this now. As Brian said, you can use your phones in church. If you have a smartphone, open up text and text GIFTS to 97000. I'm going to do this with you now. So once you do that, it's going to send you a message from Alpine Church and then you're going to click on the link that it says. And all this is, is this, this is just our way of trying to help you uh, discover your gifting, discover where some opportunities are to serve. So it has some information. All these are going to be sent to me. You can trust me. Um, so email, phone, uh, all those things. And then there's just seven questions at the bottom that you uh, can check, any that apply. So do you enjoy meeting new people? Do you like children? <laughs> do, you, do you have plumbing, carpentry, electrical skills, medical training? Do you, are you an introvert? Do you like to work behind the scenes? Do you have experience with audio? Do you have a musical talent? Now, these aren't obviously extensive, but any other gifts or abilities that you have, write it in that box below. 
and then, and then that'll send me an email. And really what we want to do is we want to empower you, not, not because, again, th- this is the same thing with giving. God doesn't, God doesn't need our money. God invites us to give. God invites us to serve because he knows that we were created to serve. We were created to help other people. And so we want to do that um, where we're gifted, right? I don't want to just have you be in a ministry that you don't really feel well equipped to be in um, and you show up and you're, you're dreading it every week. You know, I, I bet you could go and ask someone here serving today if they're glad they're here serving today and I bet they would tell you yes. And if you're here serving today, be sure to say yes to those people. But I'm going to pray. We're going to end a little bit early. If you have any questions, need any prayer, anything like that, come talk to me. Go talk to, uh, we have a table, the welcome table, and then the table in the lobby, and they would love to answer any questions. We're ending a little early on purpose so that if you have kids, you have some time that you can uh, maybe fellowship with each other or just go and, and inquire about serving. But let's pray this morning. Jesus, we uh, are here for you, Lord. We thank you, God, for dying on the cross for us, for our sin, for our shame, for our mistakes. God, it doesn't matter how well we live up. It doesn't matter. uh, You know, none of that matters. It just matters what you did. And your grace is sufficient in our lives, God. And so we cling to that, Lord. And we pray, God, that, that we would be full circle pursuers of you, God, that we would not, that it wouldn't just end with trusting Jesus, but we would continue trusting Jesus and and we would be empowered to honor you, Lord, with our gifts, with our talents. Lord, I pray that if there's people in here who maybe aren't sure the area that they're gifted in, Lord, I pray that you would just speak to them in this time. God, show them the way that they can uh, just really get in the game, get involved, be an influencer, a participant in what we're doing here at Alpine Church, God. And we know that you love your church more than any of us, God, more than any of us ever could. You love us uh, just just unimaginably, Lord. And so we uh, thank you for that love. God, help us to be a people who, who are active, God, who are seeking after you, who are cultivating a relationship with you in everything that we do, Lord, and and that you would just be with us as we go from here. Lord, we love you, and we thank you again for this service today. In Jesus' name, amen.